So how did they know that Josephus had things inserted? There's no, um, as far as I know, there's no textual reason. The earliest sources that we have uh, have the insertions. It's just they're asking the question, why would Josephus say that Jesus is the Son of God if, if he never claimed to be a Christian? Right. So, you know, I read, I actually read the whole, um, the whole book that it was in, and I thought, well, it's possible that the Holy Spirit just kind of grabbed him and, and made him write something, or, or that he just felt compelled to write that. So that is a possibility, but um, from the secular academic perspective, it just seems more likely that a later Christian slid it in. Um, so that's on... Yeah, it says, at this time there appeared Jesus, a wise man. If indeed it, we ought to call him a man, for he was a doer of amazing deeds, a teacher of persons who received truth with pleasure. He won over many Jews to the Greeks. He was the Messiah. When Pilate condemned him to the cross, leading men among us, having accused him, those who loved him from the first did not cease to do so. For he appeared to them on the third day alive again, the divine prophets having spoken these things and myriads of marvels concerning him. And the present tribe of Christians named after this person has not disappeared. So the insertions are a little bit jarring to, to the flow, especially he was the Messiah. It just kind of like, okay. Like he's writing all these long flowing sentences and then it's just, he was the Messiah. Yeah, it, it just seems a little suspicious. I, that would be a good question to know. Yeah, and I have a suspicion, which may or may not be true. Josephus was not liked. He, he was a Jew writing about the Jews, but he actually was a traitor to the Romans during the conquest of Jerusalem. He started fighting for the Jews, and then he switched sides, and then he ended up becoming like a, an important person in the Roman government. And so he wrote uh, The Wars of the Jews and the... Um, uh, another book about the Jewish history, which actually become very, very important for Jewish knowledge. But at the time, he wasn't liked at all because he betrayed them. So I'm, I'm guessing that Josephus was stewarded for a few centuries by the Christian community. Um, th that as other books are, are falling out of disrepair, it's going to be the Christians that are going to recycle him because it mentions a few times. Uh, this, this phrase is actually called the... Testimonium Flavium, because it's so important and so interesting to Christians. Uh, and so it, it would have been very possible for them to insert something. Because there probably weren't... weren't they would have been the only ones who were, who were preserving This is just kind of my theory, you know, but, but I, I think that's probably plausible. Mm -hmm. I, I keep wondering how, I mean, not relevant to you, but how old would John have been when he wrote? Was he wrote in... John? Yeah. So, yeah. So church tradition holds that he he lived to around one twenty or so. Um, so he would have been a young man when he knew Jesus. And Papias, that's the name I was looking for. So, so John discipled Papias, and some of Papias's writings, because John lived so much longer than the other apostles, he kind of became this window into the first century, the second century. People in the second century, some of them had actually met John, the apostle. And many of them knew Papias. Because, so then Papias is the second jump then from John. So then some of the writings of Papias almost made it into the New Testament, but not quite. 
because they weren't written by a real apostle. Yeah, they're in. Uh, not really. Um, yeah, this is Josephus here. I brought it just just to show you. Um, so um, the first, uh, the there's the apostolic age, and then there's the uh, what is it called? The church fathers. The um, anyways, the first century or so, they don't add a whole lot mm-hmm. to. They just kind of repeat the traditions right. that were that were handed on to them. So Papias doesn't really which, add much, which is great. Which is great. Yeah. yeah what yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then um, Irenaeus starts to, he, re- he has a huge book called Against Heresies, where he starts to address Gnosticism and all the heresies that are starting to pop up. Mm-hmm. And we actually know uh, about these heresies mostly from Irenaeus and others that are polemicizing them that are saying they're so evil and wrong. See, um, one of the idea is that when you have a, a writing and nobody says anything against it, it's not relevant, but when you get all these people who are trying to disprove it or yeah. say this isn't right, then you know it's going to have some meat to it. Yeah. Anyway. And it, yeah, the Gospels became a huge, like, um, they became the center of controversy, right. you know, between heretics and, and yeah. Christians, and so then between the, the Greek world and, yeah. Yeah. So then you have Irenaeus writing against heretics and then Justin Martyr was started the, the tradition of writing um, an apology, a formal defense to the Roman governor to say, look, we're not cannibals, we're not bad people, uh, and here's what Christianity actually is and why it makes sense. Uh, and so he's writing early in the second century as well. Another guy that's interesting to read is Ignatius. I'm not sure who he is. He was just a really early Christian that was uh, being sent to Rome to be eaten by lions. And along the way, he wrote a few letters to various churches. And again, just, it's really great stuff. Um, wow. And then he got eaten by lions. Presumably. Oh, yeah. he'd be cool, that'd be. So that could be a very accurate and good um, piece of literature for yeah. the church. It's yeah. just that because he wasn't a apostle or, you know, yeah. and Hebrews was put in just because it was so awesome. <laughs> it's a good question. It, it took a few centuries. Um, I think it was put in because people figured it, that Paul probably wrote it. Okay. Because uh, it kind of has Paul, Pauline kind of a feel to it. Yeah, but when I read it, I, I sort of think, oh, this doesn't feel like Paul. You know, you read through the others long enough, and then you hit Hebrews, and there's just a, there's sort of a... Yeah, I think he's very wordy, yeah, and Paul yeah. is very concise. But, um, so contemporary <laughs> scholars wouldn't say that, that Paul wrote it, but I think... I think that was part of what helped it get in. I see, I see. It. But also the fact that it was universally used and that it agreed with established doctrines. Yeah. Those were kind of the main things yeah. that uh, helped things get in. The author of Hebrew. Yeah. So it's sort of like the artist formerly known as Prince. You have to describe the person rather than but he does conclude the book of Hebrews with grace and peace be with you mm-hmm. and at the end of 1 Thessalonians he said this is how I sign all my letters Oh yes, that's right. and then there's the, the possibility that when he wrote to Hebrews he switched his style mm, to something yeah. that because would be more amenable to yeah, no, and maybe he didn't sign his letter because he was so hated by the Hebrews that mm-hmm. maybe he felt it would be received better if, yeah. yeah I mean there's all these theories you don't really know but. I guess we'll get to find out yeah, I've always uh, sort of 
put the apocrypha off to one side because I, I, I know how my brain works. I mean, even were I to read Dan Brown, you know, anytime mm -hmm. somebody presents a convincing argument, I tend to go, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, so I just feel like the, the apocrypha are not yet safe for mm -hmm. me, just in terms of how do I weed this out. But it's interesting to know that the, there's a group that are, in fact, Gnostic, and that those ones you can feel confident, confident and safe. And so there are a whole bunch of them rolled up in a jar somewhere in Nag Hammurabi, yeah. yeah. um, just like the Dead Sea Scrolls were sort of found in a jar. Well, now the Dead Sea Scrolls was a series of caves where there were, um, the whole Old Testament except for Esther was represented. And for each of the books, there were like three or four or five copies of each. Okay. And so that gives textual critics like tons of information to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, the Nag Hammurabi was like one copy of each, okay. and a lot of them were degraded. Okay. And so for a lot of the Gnostic sources, again, if you think about the universality as a proof, you know, right. that, that it was ancient, yeah. that it was well used, um, they have, people have a, a hard time reconstructing what the Gnostic Gospels actually were because there's just so few of them okay. that actually survived. Nag Hammurabi was huge because um, it was this sealed jar that had preserved them. Right. Um, but that's really the only copy of the Gospel of Thomas and, and right. a lot of these others. Right. A lot of them, the only way that they're reconstructed is early Christians were writing against Gnostics or writing against um, other movements. And so they can reconstruct a little bit of what they said based on what the Christians wrote. Right. And the Christian writings were preserved and, and the others weren't. Uh, I should have mentioned that there's a difference between what is rejected, like Papias' writings and, and um, uh, some... Uh, the Didache and others were rejected. They were considered, but rejected. Mm -hmm. But the Gnostic Gospels were never even considered. considered. They just they okay. didn't make the cut at all. Yeah. They weren't on the table. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the ones that were rejected, it, it wasn't... They were still considered useful books. Mm -hmm. Right, it's, right. I mean, they were good enough to be uh, interesting. And they still were used and still quoted and still... I mean, the Catholic Church to this day still quotes you know, the church traditions and the earliest traditions is, is really important, and they don't see the huge division between scriptures and tradition that we do. Right. Um, but the Gnostic Gospels just don't factor into that. Those are... Right, they were just always... Yeah. Okay. Um, and the... Um, What's that? You summed it up well. Good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there's the silent period writings, which would yeah. just be historic, right? Nobody was trying to yeah. push any kind of philosophical oh, agenda. Oh, no, that's not true. Oh, no? Um, so people were trying to write scriptures. Okay. Um, the, the Maccabees come off as we're trying to write more scriptures, like okay. in the same way that Kings and Chronicles are scriptures. Okay, yeah. It's just the Jews... Um, I mean, historically, the Old Testament was assembled at the deportation to Babylon. Right. This okay. is when, I mean, at least this is how I understand, this is how secular academia sees it, and I don't see a problem with it, is this is when they kind of collected everything, they had all these writings from different places, and they said, who are we as a people? We're not Babylonians, mm -hmm. we're Israelites. Mm -hmm. What is our holy book? And they, they assembled it all together, and from that point on, it kind of moved as a unit through history. Right, right. Um, there's not solid proof for that, but that's what most people would okay. think, and, and I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, and so books written after that were kind of in a different category. Right. Mm -hmm. And the Jews always kept them separately in a different category. Mm -hmm. But they, they do span the silent years, and, mm -hmm. and they're, they're mm -hmm. helpful for various things. Well, it would be like, we have the Bible, and there's lots of 
history of the church since Acts, yeah. you know, that yeah. has happened, and the writings about that are extremely useful, but we don't consider them scriptural. Yeah. 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 So when you uh, answer a question, the apocryphal Yes, yeah, so I made a typo. I, I did a typo. But, but, there, but from what you were saying today, it's like the same thing. That's true, but I was specifically asking about the Gnostic Gospels. Okay. So the Gnostic Gospels are a subset within the Apocryphal yeah. Gospels because you have the Gospel of Peter, which is a Christian work, which is very different from the Gospel of Thomas. And then there's actually... I haven't read all the Gnostic Gospels. I read the Gospel of Thomas because it's the most important, but I think there's some Gnostic Gospels that, or some Gospels that aren't really Christian, aren't really Gnostic. They're just other people putting ideas out there in the 2nd, 3rd centuries. Yeah. But if you actually, now that you know what Gnostic Gospels are, you can go ahead and read them. And you get the idea pretty quick that this is a different religion. Um, you know, Jesus, at the end of the Gospel of Thomas, his disciples ask him, like, uh, well, what about the women? Are, are they going to get to heaven too? And Jesus says, well, don't worry, I'll turn them into men, and then they can ascend to heaven. What? Where's that? In <laughs> Thomas? At the end of the Gospel of Thomas. Oh, my goodness. He says, don't worry about Mary. I'm going to turn her into a man, and then she can ascend to heaven. Because... <laughs> It's really funny that Dan Brown says, well, this is, you know, the, the great feminist, you know, rediscovery of, mm -hmm. of pagan religion. And then he uses the Gospel of Thomas. It's like, have you read the Gospel of Thomas? <laughs> like, this is not, it's not really what you're looking for here. He was a doubter. He didn't believe. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's too funny. He had no faith. Yeah. 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 Slightly off topic, but I remember coming to the end of oh, what's it called? Avatar. Have you mm. seen Avatar? Mm -hmm. you seen Avatar? Most of it. Most of it. Thanks. I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> it was long, hey? You could not have. I absolutely dropped to the floor when he absolutely gave up his humanity and became a different species. That to I me just. I was like. What are we doing here? I mean, I just, I, I thought it was going somewhere, but I didn't think it was going there. It was profound. I mean, clearly I fell asleep. Yeah, like at the end profoundly. of the movie, I'm like, like there was a I was guy. like, you have to be kidding me. What are you doing? Um, and I guess that the, the Gospel of Thomas thing you've just mentioned feels a little bit like that. The, the, the utter negation of the value of a woman by that mm -hmm. statement is so profound. And, and for me, it was like the utter negation of the human species mm -hmm. as, as being of any kind of value by his decision to do that was just, oh, anyhow. <laughs> oh, and now they're making three more. Oh, really? Yes. Really? Yes. I don't watch it. And somehow they're going to get Sigourney Weaver into them, which is clever because she's dead. So, I mean, not her, but the, the character. So. Oh. Sigourney Weaver's a character is that. But apparently they can do resurrection Alien. or two. Aliens. <laughs> Aliens. But, uh... Yeah, I, I think that we, I don't know, we, we, the, this devaluing of the human, of the flesh, I hear it all the time yeah. in environmental thought. Oh, this world would be so great for those people. You know, yeah. this devaluing of, of, of us, you know, when we're made in the image of God, you know, when we are, we are, in some ways, I mean, people could argue that, and it's a, I can't see the future, I don't know, but sort of the pinnacle, what this, this, Planet has, you know, yeah. it's, it's it's just so. There's always this chipping away at us, yeah. you know, as as valuable creatures. Yeah, well, there's so many ideas opposed to the Jewish 
idea of the world is beautiful and we are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gnosticism would say the human soul is beautiful, but the world is garbage mm-hmm. and, and the human passions are garbage. Mm-hmm. The human body is garbage. And then Buddhism does the same thing. And Buddhism right? would, would yeah. do the same thing. And then there'd be contemporary people and naturalists and, and animal lovers and stuff that say, well, the world is beautiful, but we're garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and Judaism holds the two together. It says mm-hmm. the world is beautiful and we are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, an issue that, that keeps coming back to me is, is gender is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, we're trying to say that gender is mm-hmm. offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but gender is beautiful, and the way that we're made in the image of God is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that yeah. I think the Bible tells a better story. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying about homosexuals. 